right, so we were, we finished Genesis chapter 23 last Sunday. Um, who here remembers what was going on in Genesis 23? Sarah died, yeah, and was buried. What were some of the details behind her death and her burial? Abraham got some land, right? Um, and so he uh, went before the, the, the Hittites and um, asked for a plot of land. And they were ready to, you know, just take whatever plot of land you want. You know, we recognize that you're a man of God and, you know, just choose what you want. And Abraham chose a field that was owned by a man named Ephron. And I don't know if you remember, Ephron was like, oh, just, just take it, right? Um, and what did Abraham say? Do you guys remember? He, he wanted to buy it. He wanted to pay the price. And so Ephron, he listed this ridiculous amount. You know, what's 400 shekels of silver between you and me, right? <laughs> you know, it's way, way too high of a price. Um, but Abraham, he just pulled out 400 shekels of silver and just gave it to him and said, here you go. This witness in front of everyone, you know. And so... Basically, he, he wanted to make sure that where he was burying his wife, where he would be buried, um, that that land would be his and belong to his descendants. Um, and so he wanted to make sure that there would be no uh, disputes over this land. Um, and again, this, this ties into the covenant promise of God, right? Uh, part of the promise was the land, uh, that God would provide a home for Abraham and his descendants. Uh, and so this is a, a furthering of that process. Um, and that leads us into Genesis 24. And again, we need to be thinking about the covenant that God had made with Abraham. It's not just about the land, but it's also about about a son, about descendants, right? Um, and so let's keep that in mind as we read through. We're going to read through the first nine verses. Um, it says, Now Abraham was old, well advanced in years, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. And Abraham said to his servant, the oldest of his household, who had, who had charge of all that he had, Put your hand under my thigh, that I may make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of the earth, that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughter of the Canaanites, among whom I dwell, but will go to my country and to my kindred and take a wife for my son Isaac. The servant said to him, Perhaps a woman may not be willing to follow me to this land. Must I then take your son back to the land from which you came? Abraham said to him, See to it that you do not take my son back there. 
the Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and from the land of my kindred, and who spoke to me and swore to me, to your offspring I will give this land, he will send his angel before you, and you shall take a wife for my son from there. But if the woman is not willing to, to follow you, then you will be free from this oath of mine, only you must not take my son back there. So the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham, his master, and swore to him concerning this matter. All right. So the first thing we notice here is, and what we read in verse 1, is that Abraham is well advanced in years, right? He's old. Why do you think our author is making mention of Abraham's age here. I think points to the um, urgency of what he's about to perform on mm. behalf of Isaac. And Abraham's getting his ducks in a row, so to speak. Yeah. He's getting his house in order. Yeah, Abraham's getting his house in order. He's very old. He doesn't know how many years he has left. My son isn't married. Um, and I need to find him a wife. It's kind of like a living will in a sense. You know, yeah. He's willing, as it were, his desires to his servant. Yeah. And back at the 400 shekels, I, mm -hmm. I think it was a steal of a piece that Abraham would have gotten in knowing that there was a burial plot. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure Abraham didn't sweat the 400 shekels. Yeah. <laughs> no. So, the other thing we see in verse one it says, "And the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things." What does that mean? What's that? You can believe in the word of the Lord. You can believe in the word of the Lord. And that he, he prospered him in um, all things. He didn't yeah. lack anything. Abraham lacked nothing because the Lord's blessing was on him. Yeah, and so we, we see that God prospered him, God blessed him. Um, and he really didn't lack anything. He now had a son um, who was his heir. And, uh, you know, he, he was wealthy. <laughs> um, he, he now owned two different plots of land. Um, and so he, he owned the land with the well on it, and he owned the land with the, with the burial site. Um, and so he was... He was doing well. He was, he was well prepared. He, he, yeah. You know, I mean, he was uh, well-rounded, as it were. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's kind of the, the hope of, uh, I guess, all people as they get older is that they would be in a position where they would be able to pass on the blessings that God has given to them to their offspring, right? Um, and so, 
you know, I, I think about how <laughs> our economy works and what a typical person goes through in life, you know, you know, you, you think as a child, you're just under the care of your parents. You don't worry too much about money um, unless your parents are constantly worrying about money. Um, you, gr you graduate from high school, you go off to college, you realize, oh, I'm poor. Right, <laughs> I'm a poor college student. I don't have any money. Um, you know, I can't afford a car, let alone insurance for a car. Um, I need to get a job. Um, and so you you kind of start off in life poor, and you you work and you try to build up. You know, if you're wise with your money, you try to build up a savings, and um, eventually you think, oh. Well, uh, I found this woman or I found this man, you know, and I want to make a life with them. And, but we're going to need a house. How do we, how do we buy a house? Well, we need is, I guess we'll live in an apartment for a couple of years and try to save up. And, um, and there's just all these different steps that you take in trying to build wealth, right? Uh, making yourself financially secure. Uh, and, you know, eventually over time, if you do like a 15-year mortgage or a 30-year mortgage, whatever you do, eventually you have a house paid off for, and then when the house is paid off for, well, well suddenly I have all this extra income, you know? You know, you get promotions at your work. Um, you're making more money than you did uh, when you were 21. Um, and it's like, okay, what do I do with this money, <laughs> you know? Well, now I need to, well, I, get, I do got to pay for college for my kids and, um, you know, all these different things that come up. Um, but the hope is that God would bless you enough that you can pour out that blessing on your offspring, right? Um, I think part of in all things here in, in this verse, he blessed Abraham in all things. And what you're saying is true financially. Mm -hmm security-wise, but I think that one of the big things that in all things includes is faith, because mm -hmm. when we read the verses following, there's a, an emphatic, by the Lord, the God of heaven, and there's this, yeah. there's this confirmation, there's this firm foundation, there's this faith in Knowing yeah. that God, and so I think in all things, the Lord more than just just financial worldly wealth um, we see a lot of different blessings in Abraham's life he has been able to maintain peace with the people around him um, through whether it was confusion about the well whether it's this plot of land for the burial site um, he has uh, also been blessed you know with with a son God blessed him with the, his son Isaac um, with respect, look at how they just know 
Yeah. You know, they just he has the respect of the people around him as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, the hope of Abraham is to transfer all these blessings down to his son Isaac. Um, and this is, this is what he wants. And this is kind of what this whole thing is about. And he's like, well, my son needs a wife. Right, um, he's he's out there doing his own thing, but he he needs a woman, um, and and so he's brings. Who does he ask to help him out in this? His servant. And what do we? What type of description do we see about this servant? His head servant. What? The one of the longest, the oldest of his household, right? Why does he choose this guy? <laughs> he can trust him, right? Um, he's been with him the longest. He's the oldest. There's loyalty. There's loyalty. There's probably wisdom that this guy has, and we'll see that wisdom come out a little later. Um, yeah, and so he doesn't, you know, put this in the hands of like. You know the the new guy, um, some young whippersnapper. He 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 takes the guy he trusts the most, and the guy who is probably the most qualified, and puts it in his hands. Um, and what what does he ask him to do? Go back to his home country and find a wife for his son. But he, yeah, he wants them to make an oath, to make a covenant, right? You know, put your hand under my thigh. What is, what is that all about? Is that how we make covenants today? <laughs> Seems a little awkward, doesn't it? <laughs> it's the largest muscle. His hip, yeah. 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 Well, we're going to see actually this later on in Genesis as well, when uh, other covenants and blessings were given, that uh, the person would put their hand underneath the thigh. Um, and, and so there's something to it. Uh, basically, it's, uh, it, it has to do with uh, just the, the promise of God. Um, and so, so for, uh, how, how do I explain this? Uh, part of it has to do with uh, the closeness to the reproductive organ, um, because the where the loins were viewed as the source of the the procreative power, um, that such such an oath like that it would be like irrevocable, um, and so when you, when you made an oath with a hand underneath the thigh, 
it was like, you know, I'm, I'm swearing this on my life. Um, I don't know if that makes any sense. Um, but this is, this is what's going on here. Um, and, and so he not only puts his hand under, under his thigh, and then in verse 3 it says, that I may make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of the earth. And so who, who else is he swearing by? He's calling the witness. Yeah. He's calling the Lord, the God of heaven and earth, really, to be a witness to be told. Yeah, and so God's going to be the witness, right? And when God's a witness, you don't want to break the oath, right? Um, so the servants probably have faith in this God as well, or at least a... Yeah, he, he definitely, we'll, we'll see that in this chapter. He definitely had faith in, in God. Um, one, one thing, I, t- turn to the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 5. There we see uh, Jesus, he's given his Sermon on the Mount, and he talks about oaths as well. Um, in verse... 33, he says this, Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not swear falsely, but you shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. What is Jesus getting at here? It sounds like he doesn't like oaths. Be known for telling the truth. Be known for telling the truth. Keep the promise that you make. Keep the promise that you make. What else do you think is going on here? Take an oath. You're you're taking. You know, you're claiming that you have some control over what you're taking the oath on, like your head mm-hmm. or uh, whatever. And, and Jesus is pointing out that you don't have control over the color of your the hairs on your head, or you know, or certainly not of heaven or earth or any of those things. Um, so anything more than just saying yes or no is foolishness. Yeah. Yeah. Oaths were binding. I just read in Numbers chapter 30 about the, the commands for men and women when they give a vow. Mm-hmm. Like whenever we make a vow, it's binding before God and especially before God. In other words, Scripture says, <coughs> if you're not going to keep it, don't make it. Yeah. 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 What what Jesus is getting at here is there was a, kind of a practice that many of the religious leaders would use, where they would swear by like the temple, or swear by the 
the gold in the temple. Um, and they would come up with excuses to go back on what they had promised, um, saying, well, I didn't swear by uh, the gifts in the temple. Or they, they would come up with some type of excuse to get out of their promise. You know, I only swore by this, but not by that. Um, and so the things that Jesus points out here, uh, he says, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, um, for it is the throne of God. He's like, so don't swear by heaven. Uh, don't, don't swear by the earth, for it is God's footstool. Don't swear by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great kings. And he said, don't take an oath on your head. Um, you know, I, I swear by the hairs on my head. Um, for you cannot make one hair white or black. And what he's pointing out there is that people were making these oaths by these different things, even heaven and earth, um, but then they would go back on them because they never really thought that they were swearing to God. Does that make sense? Um, and he's pointing out, well, heaven is God's throne. The earth is his footstool. Jerusalem is his city. And your head, well, you don't even control your own head. God controls your head. And so he's saying all these oaths that you are making by these different things, every time you make an oath, what you're really doing is you're making an oath to God, whether you know it or not. That's why he says simply let your yes be yes and your no be no. Um, because when you make a promise, God is always a witness. Does that make sense? And so here we see in back in Genesis that Abraham is making this man swear by God, right? Um, you know, when I think of, I don't know if they do this in the courts anymore, but we used to put our hands on a Bible, right? And swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And symbolically, that meant we're promising to God that we're going to tell the truth in this court. Um, and so what I think Jesus was saying is not that we don't take oaths, but we need to realize that every oath we take is before God. And so we need to let our yes be yes and our no be no. If you make an oath, live up to it. And so this is what we see going on here. Abraham, he is saying, you know, put your hand under my thigh that I may make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and God of earth, that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites. Um, and so he's, he's like, this is serious, right? You need to swear to God to me that you're going to do this. Does that make sense? <clears throat> and then he, he doesn't want Isaac to marry a Canaanite woman. Why is that? Because the Canaanites worshipped, they were pagans. They were pagans, yeah. They worshipped false gods. They worshipped false gods. And idols and stuff. Yeah. So did So did Abraham's ancestors, yeah. I think there's something more going on here that we need to remind ourselves of. 
Remember back in, uh, it was in Genesis 9. It was after the flood. Um, There was something that happened with Noah and his sons. Mm -hmm. Who remembers? It happened with Noah and his sons? Yeah. No, they already had wives when they went on the ark. So this is after the flood. Um, Noah got drunk. You guys remember that? Yeah. And um, <laughs> yeah, and and so we see see. Uh, So Genesis 9, verse 20, Noah be, began to be a man of the soil, and he planted a vineyard. He drank of the wine and became drunk and lay uncovered in his tent. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers outside. Then Shem and Japheth took a garment, laid it on both their shoulders, and walked backward and covered the nakedness of their father. Their faces were turned backward, and they did not see their father's nakedness. When Noah awoke from his wine, he knew what his youngest son had done to him. He said, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants shall he be to his brothers. And so the curse is upon who? Canaan. Even though it was Ham who who brought shame to his father. Um, And we talked about that. But the Canaanites were a cursed people. Does that make sense? And so Abraham does not want his son to marry a woman from a cursed people. Does that make sense to you guys? Um, and so this, again, has to do with the, the promise, the covenant, because... Um, Isaac was going to be a blessing to the world, not a curse, right? Um, And so he did not want Isaac to marry a Canaanite woman. Um, He didn't want a curse to be involved in his bloodline. Does that make sense to you guys? Yeah. Yeah, and so this, this is where, why we see him making this oath. Um, and so he wants to send him to his own country, to his own kindred, to take a wife for his son Isaac. And why is he sending him there? Because they're not cursed. They're, well, they're not cursed, that's right. But he could have sent him anywhere. You know, go find a good Egyptian or, you know. Um, why, why back to his own kindred? Yeah. Yeah, and so there's the the blessing does follow through his lineage, um, and so that's part of it. Um, pro- probably too is, you know, if you get a, a a woman from his kindred, culturally it'll be someone more 
akin to what Isaac's used to, if that makes sense. Um, and so... Uh, it's going back to the hood. It's going back to the hood, yeah. Yeah. Um, so what, how does the servant respond to Abraham? <clears throat> yeah, what if? You know, perhaps the woman may not be willing to follow me to this land. Must I then take your son back to the land from which you came? And so he's like, what if she doesn't want to come here? Should I just send Isaac over there and he can live a life over there? How does Abraham respond to that? Absolutely not. Yeah, absolutely not. Right? No way. Why? Why absolutely not? Yeah, again, this has to do with the covenant, right? And so it's not just about the son, it's not just about the descendants, but it is about uh, the land, the home that God had given to Abraham as well. And so he said, well, if she's not willing to go, then she's not the right woman, right? Um, and you look like you have a question. No? Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, and so he's like, you know, see to it that you do not take my son back there. Um, yeah, go so, ahead. So that's, okay. That, that was the confusing part to me is why. But it's because if if Isaac did go back to, uh, to find, you know, a wife there, then chances are that he would remain in the land uh, as opposed to coming back to the promised land. Yeah, I think, I think Abraham's very, very wise in not sending his son and sending his servant. Because what would the temptation be on Isaac to stay? You know, who knows what her family would say. Oh, just, you know, they don't want to lose their daughter, right? Um, and if Isaac went... Well, then there'd be that much more pressure for him to stay. But by sending the servant, well, the husband's back there. So if you really want the husband, you need to come with me. Um, and God has plans for Isaac. Yeah, God has plans for Isaac. So it's a natural order of what God has placed. Yeah. Plus there's a maturity in the oldest servant that the young son couldn't possibly have. There's a mm -hmm. maturity level in getting it done. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and so, yeah, Isaac may not have been mature enough to get it done. <laughs> he, I think he's in his 30s right now, uh, where we're at in his life. Um, and, you know, he, he just may not have been able to remain faithful to the promised land that God has given. You know, he sees this beautiful woman. It's, her family wants him to stay. Like, okay, I'll just cave. You know? Um, but... It's obviously God's hand of preserving and, and not allowing the course to be thwarted. There's a progression yeah. of going forward. Yeah. They've come this far. And... So there's this 
a good example for all of us, too. Oh, it is, yeah. Yeah. Get somebody you can depend on. Yeah. Yeah, and it's good to have uh, good friends. It's good to have good allies. Um, we can't go through life on our own. Uh, we need people to help us out. Um, you know, there's very few lone rangers that are successful. Um, he did have Tonto, yeah. Even the Lone Ranger. <laughs> um, so, Taylor, do you have any idea who the Lone Ranger is? Only because I live here. Only because you live here. <laughs> yeah, he's from here, isn't he? And, and my grandpa, like, I don't know, had a really cool car, and one of his neighbors worked at like that museum right down in Oxford, so he always gets to be in the parade in his car. So I was in Lone Ranger parade sometimes, but that's the only reason why. I'm that's the only reason why. <laughs> Grace Beamer, first Lone Ranger, and he was a radio. You know, he started going on the radio. Oh, he did it on the radio, yeah. Oh, yeah, before. Before the, yeah. He's from Oxford, Grace Beamer, yes. Huh. Hi, hi, Silver, away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And not only had Tonto, he also had Silver, his horse. He had Silver, his horse, yeah. Yeah, and so we, we need we need help, right? Abraham needed his servant. Um, Isaac needed Abraham's servant, even though he didn't even know it. He probably had no clue what was going on. Um, For some people, it takes a long time to figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you need help. Yep. I can claim that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think there's a key in that oldest servant doesn't assume because... There's a loyalty and a bond that forms between quote unquote master and servant over time. Especially yeah. if the servant's been treated well. Um, there's this loyalty that turns into love for mm-hmm. um, the master, and some servants would do anything. It's a picture in a way of. Um, our relationship with the Lord. Yeah. That's interesting because we're going to be talking about that the next hour. Mm-hmm. Really? So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this is a picture of loyalty. Yeah. yeah. Based on love. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we are short on time. So, does anybody have any questions or thoughts before we close in prayer? I'm just trying to think back. Is this the first? Probably not. This is probably the cultural norm. Um, Yeah, I I think arranged marriages were pretty much the way it mostly went. You see, what what we do in society today is we base marriage solely on love, right? And it's not a bad thing, you know. You want to love your wife. You want your wife to love her husband. Um, but, but, but in ancient cultures, it it was, it was more than just love. It was, you are entering into an institution, um, and there's responsibilities. You're entering into a responsibility. 
Um, you're entering into an agreement, a partnership, um, and it has to do with a lot of different things. Allegiances um, and bonds, and, and um, a lot of times it was to fortify the kingdom. The yeah, it could be, especially with, uh, you know, princes and princesses. They didn't choose their, their husbands and wives. Um, yeah, and, you know, it was a lot of times the choice of the parents because they were looking out for their children and wanting what was best for them because they knew their children weren't wise enough to choose what's best. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah. But we live in America. <laughs> All right, any other thoughts or questions? All right, let's pray. Uh, Father, we do thank you for your word, and we thank you just for the example that we see in Abraham and the wisdom that he used in uh, helping out his son, uh, Lord. And as we continue to go through this chapter, it's a long chapter, Lord, and uh, we just pray that you would give us further understanding and uh, help us to reflect on exactly how these things are applicable to us and and more importantly, how these things point us to your son, Jesus Christ, that we may strengthen our faith in him. We pray this in his name. Amen.